All right. Welcome back to Hermit Radio. This is your host, Cameron, and I'm interviewing my childhood friend, Chris Tiller. Chris, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Hey, everybody. Uh, like Cameron said, my name's Chris. Uh, Cameron and I have been friends since uh, probably about the fourth grade and uh, obviously up through high school and our uh, young adult years. I'm an airline pilot and uh, I'm an, and a musician. <clears throat> And uh, here today to help Cameron talk about a couple of things that uh, uh, we've been talking about in relation to growing up together and uh, his experience in the military and kind of the transformation that he's gone through uh, in the years afterward. Awesome. So it's funny that we're doing this because this is actually like a couple takes and we've started over several times. (laughs) And... uh, I ended up, we ended up going out to dinner, my wife and I, we had Mexican food and she loves going out and she loves drinking margaritas. (laughs) (laughs) Every single time we go to Mexican food, it's always about the margaritas. (laughs) And I think that that definitely, I think that's how I'm going to try and start every podcast. Maybe we should all uh, just have a drink in hand, ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) And some night special. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So anyways. I wouldn't say that anything about our um, you know special I feel like I mean we grew up like most average American kids I feel like Chris and I when we were younger we, like he said we met in grade school on the weekends if we wanted to go out and do something if we wanted to go somewhere like go to the movies or go do laser tag or so, anything like that you know, we would go work and earn that money. My parents would always tell me if I wanted to go do something or if I wanted something, I had to earn the money for it. So instead of going out and always doing it by myself, Chris and my our other friends, we always got together and did it together. And it was kind of like a team thing. And we did that all the way up until high school. And that was kind of like the small team friendship that we had that I feel like we still have today. Yeah, absolutely. I would, uh, I would completely agree. And, you know, I think, uh, I think that, you know, that that has uh, shaped us, all of us in terms of uh, work ethic and uh, personalities to this day. Um, And then when we were teens, like when we started going to high school, I feel like that was pretty average too. I wouldn't say there was anything too crazy, but on the other hand, you definitely went through some hard times in high school. I remember because I was there, I tried to be there for you. And we had discussed that earlier before the show, we were talking about that. And um, I'll go ahead and let you talk about that when we were in high school. Some of the things that we did that you noticed um, some of the things you were saying about me earlier? Yeah. Um, you know, one sticks out uh, kind of as, as uh, you know, on, on top of the rest is, you know, like you were saying, I went through some pretty difficult things uh, with my family, uh, especially during my the middle and later high school years. And I think this has probably got to be sophomore or junior year in high school or something. Um, I had been kept home for probably a, a week or more, maybe two weeks, 
And at some point I'm doing the dishes and the second story, my parents' house. And I look out back and it's dark and I see this light and I look down and it's Cameron (laughs) waving his arms. And uh, this guy, I think had jumped several fences in my family, my family's neighborhood to uh, just to get into my backyard to make sure that I was all right. Cause I had, I hadn't really had any way to get out to the, uh, you know, to any of them, what was going on or why I wasn't at school or anything. So I uh, just kind of disappeared off the map for about a week or two. Um, so this guy, yeah, in the middle of the night, probably 16, 17 years old, hopped several fences to get into my backyard just to see that I was all right. And, you know, that, that really speaks to, um, you know, not, not only the friendship that, that he and I had or that he had yeah. with anybody else, but also you know, the, the kind of guy that he is, and he's always been that way. You know, you've always been that way just to kind of, you know, you, you do whatever it takes to look out for the people that you care about. And you're never really the kind of guy that would take no for an answer or uh, care too much about the risk to yourself. Yeah. You know, and so that's what this particular interview is going to be about. That's what this segment today's segment is going to be about is change. Yeah. Right. Um, how I started and came to be and then my I guess I could say dark times in the military you know but a disclaimer this is not like I'm not trying to say anything negative about the military whatsoever it's a job like any other and first and foremost I volunteered to do it I signed my name on the dotted line so anything that happened to me while I was there it was my own choice I don't blame anybody for anything that happened to me. I don't blame the war. I don't blame the government. Everything that happened to me was because I chose to be there to do what I thought I was doing that was right. I wanted to serve my country. And that's the bottom line, you know. That doesn't change the fact that I did obviously see some things and I had some experiences. I've talked about on this show before, um, you know, I was blown up and so that's not good for anyone, you know, and it doesn't matter if you compare it or if you say, well, oh, you know, he was just blown up. It's not that big a deal. I know people who've killed 10 people or whatever. It's all bad. Anybody can have PTSD. You can be a a bus driver driving kids and something happens on one particular day and you can have PTSD. It is not necessarily exclusive to the military. So I just like to put that out there for anybody that's listening. I know some of my friends are military guys, so I just don't want to get it messed up. It's not like I'm blaming anybody or the military, but moving forward. um, Yeah. You know, we had a pretty average teenage high school um, play out, you know, nothing was out of the ordinary. I think when things changed for us as our group of friends was when we graduated high school and we all went our separate paths. You know, I went active duty military. You went to school to be a pilot and our other friends went their other ways. That's, I feel like that's when we change the most. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. You know, um, uh, going back to talking about how we grew up, uh, you're absolutely right. I think that we had a pretty, uh, I, I would call it average, you know, late eighties, early nineties, American childhood. Um, you know, we, uh, we were obsessed with James Bond and, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a big driving factor behind us going out and, uh, you know, raking leaves and pulling weeds on our weekends was when the new James Bond movie would come out. And I think the first words you ever said to me when I, uh, came to, 
came to school uh, when I moved to, to the new school uh, was, do you want to be more, where uh, do you want to be a spy? <laughs> and uh, yeah. And you know, that, that kind of was the, uh, the, I mean, that really was the beginning of our friendship and that was kind of how we spent our afternoons and our recesses was, you know, playing Star Trek out on the, on the playground and researching old, uh, you know, World War II and Cold War uh, and Soviet era, you know, espionage stories and spy stories and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, um, being that this, this particular show is, is kind of talking about change, I wanted to highlight kind of your experience from my perspective. You know, as we were growing up, you were really, we all kind of did identify the, uh, the greatest generation, um, you know, as the, the epitome of brotherhood and camaraderie and honor and valor and stuff in terms of the military and, um, you know, combat veterans and stuff as being these, these heroes. And, uh, but that was kind of your perspective going into all of this. And that was the type of person that you grew up trying to be. And that was the kind of person that you were going into the military, uh, trying to present yourself as as well. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I never tried to think of myself as, as brave or as, you know, wanting to be a hero. And I guaranteed anybody, if you were to ask anybody in the military that I served with, if any of them thought I was a hero or brave, you probably wouldn't find that many. And that's because, when you're in the military, it's not about, it's not about that. It's about being a soldier. It's about being disciplined. It's about doing what you're supposed to do. That other stuff happens, but it's not, it's not a part of it. It's not something that you go around talking to each other about. And that's where I feel like a lot of people probably get a, get a little confused when they go into the military because they go in with that, you know, band of brothers mentality. And it's it's, honestly, it's not like that. It's very different and that's fine because it is what it is. And I don't think that there's any better way to have soldiers and to train them. I just don't. I think the way that I was trained and the way that I was serving, I feel like that was the best way made us the best trained. And that brings me to my next point was that, when we so every now and then when I was in the military, we would actually get to be able to hang out if I came home on leave or something like that. We got to hang out. And would you say that, like, I definitely taken a very different turn after I started coming back home after that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that uh, uh, speaking speaking from my perspective, how I saw you, we, we got together in what I would call snapshots. Um, you know, in terms of what we're talking about, in terms of change, uh, I think we would hang out in different snapshots of your, of your life over the last, uh, I don't know, call it decade, you know, um, the last time I can remember hanging out with you <clears throat> before you deployed was the night before I left for college. Uh, we went on like a 15 mile ruck march <laughs> yeah. and, uh, loaded down with gear and, uh, got most of the way through it. And I think your mom had to pick us up at the end of it, <laughs> but that's right. Uh, <laughs> but uh you know even up to that point after going through through basic training with the delayed entry program and and uh you know knowing that you were going to get deployed um you know it was your attitude was still very much that of the um idealized soldier you know you you still identified the the uh perspective that you had before about you know, what your experience in the military was going to be and, 
the band of brothers type of ideology and mentality like you were talking about before. And uh, I think the next time we hung out after that uh, was probably just, uh, well, right in the middle of your deployment, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that would have been, I think we discussed before, that would have been right before you had gotten blown up. So you hadn't been blown up at that point, but definitely, you know, I did, I had noticed the change and your, your demeanor and your mentality and your candor. You weren't excited to go back. Um, that was a, that was a big part of it. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of it was that the perspective on what you were doing over there, uh, or your experience rather was much different. Um, and, uh, you know, we started to see a change, uh, um, uh, metamorphosis into the person that we would see Cameron post deployment. Um, and in the years after the military, uh, and that was, this, uh, kind of, a uh, starting to deteriorate down into, a. uh, kind of a sense of uh, anger and outward bitter resentment and um, defensiveness towards the world. Definitely. And that that's going to go, that's going to bring us into the next spot, which is definitely how I was after deployment and then towards getting out. Mm -hmm. And so my view on this part was that after I'd gotten back from Afghanistan, I wanted, I was actually really pumped about the military. I had this like crazy, view of things i wanted to go to ranger school i had just gotten promoted and you know i was i really had wanted to go back to afghanistan again i don't know why i just i felt like i had to and then i i remember the day that it happened i was i had just re-enlisted for another four years to go to fort campbell and like a week after that happened i woke up one day and i said Oh my God, what did I do? I was like, I don't want to do this for another four years. And it changed from that day. I don't know what happened or what was different that day, but that day moving forward, I just, I didn't even want to be there anymore. And, but I still had another four, another whole four years to go after that point. And it honestly was like a downhill spiral from there. I thought maybe going to Fort Campbell would give me a different look on the world and a different look at the army so that I couldn't judge it from just one place. And that was not the case. It was the same situation every place I I had gone to. And that's just because I I had just gotten tired of it. It's not because it's bad. It's just because I got tired of it. It was miserable. And um, I didn't end up going back to Afghanistan again. And so it was just four more years of training and being a garrison army. Right hey everyone i just wanted to take a minute to talk about the app anchor anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast anchor gives you everything you need in one place which allows you to make a podcast using your phone or your computer and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so that it sounds great they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere spotify apple Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Thanks for listening, and check out the app Anchor. I think is when, um, you know, we saw the worst of it. Um, I, I honestly think that the, the worst of 
the uh, the changes that we saw after your deployment really happened during that four year period. Uh, I think part of it was that uh, you know it was hard for you to find a purpose in what you were doing, um, and uh, you know there was a lot of outward and, and bitter resentment towards towards the world, and it kind of manifested itself in in a lot of different ways. I mean, there was some alcoholism that was involved for sure. And then, uh, you know, quite a few instances of just, um, you know, indifference really to the world. I mean, there, there was a one particular occasion that I can remember that, that kind of, um, I think this is shortly after you had started bodybuilding, but, uh, we, uh, we'd all gone out. I think it was for sometime around either your birthday or Christmas. I can't remember when, when you had come back. Um, and we had all gone out and I think it was you and me and uh, your brother and our other friend, Josh. And uh, I'd gone to a couple of bars and stuff and um, you know, we'd all gotten pretty trashed. And I think you just went into this, this rage mode um, because this guy in one of the bars, I can't remember what he said to you. What did he, well, he said something to you about uh, the military, I think. Yeah, I don't even really remember that, but yeah. that goes to show the state of mind I was in. Yeah, it, it was and, something, and I, and me and Josh just looked at each other. I think because uh, you got this look on your face, like I'm going to murder this this guy. <laughs> yeah, um, and it, uh, it it took a really dark turn really fast, and I think yeah, you know, we walked out of the bar, and um, I think you tried to pull like a street sign out of the ground, or no, you tried to pull a tree out of the ground, and then you punched a street sign. And picked up a trash can lid, one of those big heavy metal ones off the top of one of the trash cans and hurled it across the street, Captain America style. (laughs) (laughs) And to be clear, the reason why I asked Chris to share this story is not obviously for any egoic reason, but it's mainly to prove a point that I was that way at one point. I, I had some real problems and no matter, no matter how many times you know, my bosses in the army told me that, to just suck it up and deal with it or the counselors that I went to go see while I was still in the military, you know, they told me to just suck it up, do what you can. And, and that's what I did. And that's what, that was the end result. But ultimately I was looking for, I was looking for change. I was looking for something else, but I was going to the wrong place. It was my own problem. It was something that I needed to fix. Nobody else was going to do it for me. My bosses in the army weren't going to do it for me. The counselors in the army weren't going to do it for me. I mean, they have such a horrible job as it is. I I don't blame anybody in those positions. It's awful. They sit, those counselors sit and listen to guys talk about their worst nightmares every day, all day long. And that's all they get. And no matter what they say, half the time, you don't really know if you're actually making a difference or not. Yeah. And so that's a tough job, you know, and I think anybody that does it. But for me, it wasn't going to be it wasn't a problem that I was going to solve with pills or with talking to people about it. Those were steps. But ultimately, what came to the next part, which is the change aspect of it 
was when I started looking inward on myself and doing some self-reflection. I started meditating. I started enjoying life more. Yeah. I met my wife and her son and they became part of my life and I got married and my wife was the first person that I decided to choose to be a good person for. I decided that she wasn't going to put up with my poor behavior if I kept behaving this way. I, I couldn't. And so I decided when I met her that I wanted to start to change. And then over time, smaller things started to change and I started to kind of let go of those things. And then when I got out of the army, it, it, I thought for sure I was going to be good to go as soon as I got out. <clears throat> and that was definitely not the case. When I got out, I, I went and started working immediately and I figured that everything would be fine. And it wasn't. Nothing had changed. Now I was just mad for some other reason, right? When normal people walk through the door at my work, they could be doing nothing. Or they could be coming at me and yelling at me for absolutely no reason, but they feel justified because they're the customer, what have you, name any situation. And we, I did what we all do. I reacted. I would get defensive and I would get upset. Why are these people talking to me this way? Don't they know that I'm a veteran? Don't they know I'm a war veteran? Of course they don't know that. How could they possibly know that? It's not. I don't walk around with a hat on my head that says war veteran, and there's no reason to. And it's not like I should either because that means something to me. It doesn't have to mean anything to anybody else. And those are the kinds of things that I started to realize when I had time to think, when I had time to myself to sit and meditate or reflect and then I started changing and I started treating everyday life as a learning lesson. Anytime I got overly upset or mad about something, I would legitimately ask myself, why did I get so upset about that? And if I couldn't think of a good reason, then I accepted that there probably was no good reason for me being that upset. And when you start to do that, it happens all of a sudden, kind of like a roller coaster. It gets faster and faster and faster until you don't even realize you're doing it anymore. And that's the key. That's the goal. That is the thing that I learned on this journey. But Chris, it means nothing for me to say these things. And that's why I have you here, because I want you to tell everybody listening, like, what kinds of things have you seen change in me as of like the last six months since the last time you saw me? Yeah. Well, I'll start just a tiny bit back farther than that. <clears throat> you talk about, uh, you know, the first time you started experiencing change and that's kind of what I saw it as well, um, would be shortly after you met your wife. And, uh, I, I think you had been bodybuilding for a little bit at that point. And I think, I, I think you still were, but you talk about the, uh, the level of introspection that you started to experience as a result of your meditation and your, your, uh, inward thoughts. And uh, that really had an incredible impact, I think, in your outlook on life, <clears throat> as well as your general attitude towards things. Um, you had stopped drinking already as a result of the bodybuilding. Um, so that wasn't something that was in your way. And, uh, uh, you know, so that was already kind of out of the way for you. But once, you know, once you took that step towards self-enlightenment uh, you had spent more time meditating and reflecting on your actions and reflecting on your past and I think more importantly reflecting on what you wanted your future to be like um, 
that's when I saw the, the most immediate change. Now, in the last six months, uh, there has been an explosive transformation that I've seen. Um, before we get into uh, to any of the things we were talking, you were t- we were talking about before in terms of um, some of the uh, 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 remote viewing and other things like that, um, the just on the emotional side. Um, if you met Cameron today and you talked to him in person and and, and uh, had any sort of re- interaction with him or, you know, became friends with him, you would have absolutely no idea about anything of the things that we discussed uh, about his past. He is an incredibly gentle person. He has patience and understanding and a humor about things, a sense of humor about the world and a sense of humor about life that is becoming of a monk. I mean, uh, seriously. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a great father figure for you know his wife's son and he's a he's a great husband towards his wife and um you know to see this man caring so much for those two people let alone the other people that he cares about in his life his family and his friends and uh to have you know really no concern for his own personal needs and not a drop of anger or violence at all not a not an angry or violent bone in his body it's a complete and total transformation Thanks, man. And it's definitely, I guess the whole point of all of this, what I, what I want to close this out on is that if you ask anybody that really knows Cameron or Sergeant Harmon for anybody that was in the military with me that remembers, I was not that way. Everything you just said, I would have been the complete opposite of. And I'm not, I'm not even hating on that. It was who I was for a time that I needed it. Yeah. I needed to be that way and I needed to do those things for that time. And it was a good learning lesson. I learned things from it. I met some really wonderful people and I had some life experiences that led me to where I am now. Yeah. But I just, once I felt that, when I finally had that aha moment and I was like, man, this is really nice. Like, I feel like I can breathe a little easier. My almost next immediate thought was I need to share this with other people. It's, it's something that everybody should get to feel at some point in their life. Everybody's holding on to something, some type of pain or fear or anger or sadness or depression. Everybody's got something and they're to, and some is bigger than others that is for sure and it might not be something that you can let go of but you there are definitely tools and there are definitely ways that can make life a little bit easier and those are the things that i feel like have helped me and those are the things i want to help share with everybody chris thanks for being on the show man i think we're going to go ahead and cut it here but um yeah man any last things you want to say to the to the people listening um, absolutely not. I, I, uh, appreciate you inviting me to the show. It's been a pleasure being here for sure. And, uh, you know, guys, the best, uh, the best thing that I can think of to say to you about, uh, about all this is, you know, um, there are, there are plenty of, plenty of reasons to continue about your path in life, the way that you've been doing things. Um, 
you know, but if you're here and if you're listening to this podcast, there are also plenty of reasons to change, plenty of reasons to find a new path for yourself. And if that's what you're here for, if you're here to find a new path or if you're just here for enlightenment or here to uh, wake up, um, you know, give it, give everything, uh, you know, give everything that he's saying uh, a second thought and uh, try to spend some time during your day, some introspective time meditating and thinking about the direction that you want your life to go in. And uh, it'll definitely help. I know that it's helped me quite a bit. Mm-hmm.